Thank you, Brandon. I, I love it when he, uh, he hosts, when he emcees, because he shares his heart. And um, we do love you. <laughs> we do, do love you all and pray for you and think about you and, um, yeah, want the best for you. You know, um, when we have worship practice, I, I, you know, I, for if those of you have, uh, haven't been here before or new, uh, I lead worship, and we get a chance on Saturdays to spend some time together before we even play the songs. Because really, it's, it's not about the songs so much as in getting our hearts right with the Lord for the worship team, for us to spend some time worshiping God, seeking His face. Why is this trash can here? And, um, <laughs> and uh, seeking His face and just being with Him. And so then when we come up here, we can focus on leading the congregation into that place of worship. And so one of the things that we've been doing is we look at the songs and we ask the Lord to highlight which one of the songs is, does he want us to pay attention to. So each person prays and asks the Lord. And then as we go through the lyrics, they ask the Lord, um, what, 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 what do you want me to know about the song or what, what are you highlighting on this song? And so we start, uh, we spend about 15 minutes just kind of spending time with the Lord. And then we come back together and then we share, like, what are some scriptures that connect with this song? And uh, it, it's amazing to hear what people share. Because not only do they share about the scripture, but usually there's accompanying that a testimony that comes. And what God has done in their past or what he's doing now but there's this testimony that comes along with it, and th then they share how the scripture has been really impacting them, and how as they sing this song, it leads them into a greater place of faith and trust and worship. And so it's, it's pretty amazing because if you were to see us up here and you were to hear the stories that we had shared the day before, you could see why sometimes we get emotional up here because we're not just seeing the songs. It's this time of engaging with the Lord, connecting with Him, even in spite of people going through hard times, where people share what's on their heart with the Lord and connect with Him. And that's what I really love about being uh, one of the leaders at Catalyst, and I get a chance to talk to people and to hear their stories, and then to hear how they're navigating through the difficulties, especially the difficulties of life and what they're holding on to. And really, for this series of talking about God's promises, that's what we really want to see and hear more of, is people holding on to, the, to Jesus, holding on to His promises, holding on to His truths, even in the midst of hard times, even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of, I'm not sure what's going on, God. But people saying, but I know one thing for sure, I may not know what's going on out here and all things out of control and all this kind of stuff, but I do know one thing, that my Savior is with me. My Lord is here, and I'm going to hold on to Him with everything that I have, even in the midst of hard times and trials. And so today, I want to share just one thing about promises, and then I'll go on to two other promises that God has given to us and what we should do with them. Okay, so the first thing I want to share is about God's promises are meant to give us hope. 
Did you realize that? God's promises are meant to give us hope. As I've been studying these promises and learning more and more about them, I'm starting to see more and more of God's heart. As I read the promises and as I see what he's doing and what he's saying and what the people are going through, and you can see God, his heart coming through. Because it's not just about giving us stuff. From God's point of view, it's not just about, oh, here are my kids. I'm going to give them stuff. I'm just going to give them stuff. Here you go. Here you go. Here's some money. Here's some things. Here's some cow. Here's some sheep. Here's this, and here's, here's a house, and here's a job. It's, more, it's way more than that. That's just the outside stuff that we see. When we read these promises, when we hold on to these promises, we see God's heart for us. That's the amazing part of it. It's he wants a relationship with us. It's not just, oh yeah, just come to me with stuff and I'll give you and that's it. He wants to hear what's going on in our hearts. He wants to know what's going on. He wants to see what are the things that are troubling you. I want to hear it. He wants to hear about it. He never turns anyone away because he wants that relationship with us. I think for a lot of us, sometimes it's almost safer to just go, well, just give me the stuff. Just give me the stuff. That's, that's how I grew up. That's how my parents were to us. So that's what I'm used to. So just give me the stuff. But that's not God's heart for us. God's, I want relationship with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your heart. Open your heart to me. Don't close it off. Don't be like Pharaoh in Egypt, right, where his heart was stone cold. His heart was hard. Jesus, God wants us to open our hearts to him and say, come to me. Come to me. Ask. Ask. Let's be together. Let me share my heart with you. And these are the promises that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's God's heart for us. And as we think about that, as we meditate on that, as we experience it, it should fill us with hope. Like God is never going to leave me, no matter what I go through, no matter what I feel. Sometimes, you know, coming up here, I was, I was feeling a little bit nervous sitting there. I'm like, wow, God, what's going on? And then all of a sudden I got this picture. Jesus is already up here. And he was saying to me, come on, come on, Ross. I know you're a little bit nervous right now. I know you're a little, I don't know why nervous, but you're nervous, you're anxious, you're, but I almost, I saw Jesus like, come, invitation, let's do this together. You're not going to be up there by yourself. I'm going to give you the words to speak. And so I feel like, yeah, Lord, there's, you're there, you're there, you're there. Gosh, hope filled me up when I was sitting there doing the worship time. Hope was filling me up. Because I know that God, my God, is here. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's with every single one of us. And he's saying, I know what you're going through. That's the awesome part about it. He knows exactly what you're going through. Every single person. He knows what you're going through. He knows you. He sees you. He is with you. Every moment of the day. And that to me, that's amazing that someone would be with me, someone that would want to be with me all the time. 
even when I sin, even when I make bad choices. But God's like, I, I know you, you're my child, I made you. I want to be with you in the good and in the bad, I am with you. And I always receive you, I always accept you. And I love you, my love doesn't change. Those promises of God's love and his presence and his goodness and his grace and his power and all of that should fill us up with hope. Now I know there are a lot of times where we've gone through hurts and disappointments, where we've read in the Bible and we've seen something and we go, oh yeah, that promise is for me. I resonate with that. It's God's highlighting that. Okay, I claim that for myself. Or somebody may give you a word. Oh, I saw you doing this. I saw this happening to you. I saw, oh yeah, yeah, okay. That, cor that corresponds with that word that I got from the, from the Bible. And so we hold on to those words. We hold on to those promises. And then day after day, week after week, year after year, it doesn't come to fruition. And we can get to the place where we're like, okay, where, where, where? I thought this was your promise. I thought this was something that you were going to do. And we can get to that place of feeling the hurt and the disappointment and the sadness. And I just want to tell you, God is with you even in those places. Even when you don't see the promise coming true, He is with you. Psalm 34, 18 the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's with us. Psalm 119, 116, it says this, Sustain me, O God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. That we come to the Lord and say to him, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. When is it going to come true? When is it going to happen? When is it going to be fulfilled? You know, last, a couple weeks ago, I shared about this journey that my wife Ida and I had been on. And um, we got married in 1997, a long time ago, 1997. And for 17 years, well, we wanted children. We wanted children. Not maybe all of those 17 years, but a lot of those 17 years, we wanted children. <laughs> and we prayed about it. And we asked the Lord. And we, we you know, Lord, you, you say, go be fruitful and multiply. Okay, we're trying to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, God, we're trying that. We're trying that. Nothing. In fact, we had a miscarriage. But nothing. And then people would come and give us words. I had a dream. I had a dream, I saw you, da 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 you called your son this, and, and you know, and these words that came, they, they gave us hope, they gave us like, yeah, but nothing. 17 years, 17 years, nothing happened. And so we were just distraught. I remember this one time, I was invited to um, one of my close friend's son's birthday party, and it was a bunch of our friends gonna be there, and they all had kids, except for me and Ida. And on that day, I don't know what was going on, I can't remember, but all I know is I didn't want to go. I didn't want to face that whole thing again of, look how happy everybody is, and you want to be happy for them, right? You want to be happy, you want to... But there is that sadness 
that frustration, the disappointment. And so I didn't go. I, I don't know if Ida went. I, I can't remember if, we, if she, she was strong enough to go and I wasn't. But I know, I know I didn't go. And later on, as I look back, I just feel so sad thinking about that time, but yet remembering where I was and how deep the, the sadness and the wounding and the hurt was. And especially because what was happening during that time was all of our parents passed away within this period of time. And so the whole dream of being able to bring your kids to their grandparents was gone because all the, the parents were gone. And so it just cut even deeper. And um, yeah, it was, it was really hard to stay engaged with our friends and their growing and blooming families. But you know, one thing that I didn't see at that time, which I see now, is that even in those moments, even in those seasons of disappointment and sadness and hardships and challenges, God is there. And, you know, really what he's saying to us is, this is an opportunity for me to show you myself. This is an opportunity for me to show you my hand, to show you how some of these other promises can come true. That when you say, when you lean on, you will never leave me or forsake me, that even when I'm in that hard time, I can experience God and his presence and his goodness. When a lot of times all I'm thinking about is what I don't have and how this didn't come true in the way that I wanted it to come true, in the timing that I wanted it to happen. If I would have known that back then, then I would have been able to go to that party. I would have been able to rejoice, truly rejoice, because I know that God is there and even speak blessings over those families. But I was so caught up with me and, in, and my hurts and all that stuff, which I think, yeah, I think it's okay to have those hurts and stuff. But when we have heaven's point of view, when we have this eternal point of view instead of just the earthly point of view, it changes everything. And we start looking at challenges as opportunities. We see God's promises that he comes in as opportunities. Instead of what you didn't do yet, what didn't happen in my timing in the way that I want it, we see it as opportunities. And we see it as a chance for me to grow and for God to do stuff, even to give me upgrades as I step in faith rather than looking at it from Earth's point of view. You know, I've, I've been listening to uh, Bill Johnson. You guys have probably heard Bill Johnson, the pastor at uh, Bethel Church, and um, Graham, Graham Cook. And when I listen to these guys, I'm like, they're coming from a different place. Just their perspective of life, it's like, how, how do you do that? You're coming from a totally different place than where I'm coming from. It's almost like they're from a different country, and they have this totally different worldview. And as I've been listening and hearing what they've been sharing, it's like they're coming from a kingdom, uh, um, heaven's perspective. They're coming from an eternal perspective. Instead of looking at it just from earth's point of view, they're, speak they're coming and they're speaking and they're making choices and judgments based upon what they see in happening in heaven or what's happening in heaven rather than 
earth. And so I love it because every time I hear them, I just go, oh, it's like revelation. Oh, I don't understand that, but there's something about that that speaks to my spirit. There's something about what he just said that, yeah, I think that's true. So think about all the scriptures, run through all the scriptures. Yeah, I, okay, some of them I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know the scripture, but wow, that seems to be in line with God's character in who he is. Wow, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm just talking to you guys, so. So I think having that perspective really helps, that eternal perspective. Let me finish that story. So 17 years of not having kids. As you can see, God did something <laughs> because we have two of them. But it was just amazing how God turned it, flipped it all around. That at his perfect timing and his perfect way, we got two kids. We were able to adopt two kids. And I remember God, when he put that on our heart to adopt you know, we, we had looked at adoption before, but it just never worked out. And then the tsunami hit Japan and stuff, so they closed up all these. So it just kind of shut everything down. But then the Lord came to me and he said, I want you to look into the organization again. So we looked into that, and Ida talked to the director. This is, I, I'm, I'm sure some of you have heard the story already, but I'm just blown away by God's provision. So Ida talked to the director, and, she, and the director said, I am going to China this week. And I will check out uh, an orphanage. So I, I, you know, just get your paperwork, get your application in. So I was like, okay. So she's filling the application. She mailed it in or sent it, emailed it to uh, New York where the office was. But the director is in China. While that thing is sitting on her, on her computer, she's in China. She goes, I have a boy for you. I have matched up a boy. This, I think he will be perfect for your family. Get your application in. Because usually it doesn't happen like that. Usually the application goes in. There's about six months of paperwork and all this stuff that has to happen. And then you get matched. Our application's not even in yet. And she's like, I have a boy. I matched you up with a boy. Get your stuff in quickly. And so we had to go through all the paperwork, stuff that takes usually in, at least in a year and a half of paperwork and classes and stuff that we have to do. She, we finished it in a, in a year, and we were able to get Jackson 2015. And we were just so blessed with the fulfillment of that promise of those words that were given to us and just feeling so grateful to the Lord for filling those places and meeting us in those places. And then, of course, we got Eliana, too. But just seeing how God comes through for us in time. And it may take a long time. It may take a few weeks. It may take months. It may take years. But God always comes through for us. Always comes through. And so my prayer for our church is that we walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of times we want to walk by sight. I don't see it. I don't see it. Where is it? Where is it? Show it to me. Show it to me. And a lot of times we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And just holding on to, to Jesus. Holding on to God's promises for us. Holding on to words that have been given to us to say, God, you're going to bring it about at some point in some way. 
you're going to bring it about. So that's a, this is the one thing I want to share about promises. The, the two promises, the first promise I want to go over is God's promise about wisdom and guidance. God's promise about wisdom and guidance. Who here wants God's wisdom? Yeah, you can raise your hand high. It's okay. <laughs> Who wants God's guidance? Yeah, yeah. I want it. And I want it every day, every day of my life. I want his wisdom and his guidance. I think it's because part of it is we want to thrive in life, right? I don't want to just survive life and then make it to the, 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 the end of the race and go, whoo, I just made it. I just survived life. I want to thrive in life in my relationships, in my relationships with you guys, in my relationships with my family, in, in, in um, my friendships outside of church, with my kids. I want to thrive in that. I want to thrive in my finances. I want to thrive in my hobbies. Everything that I do, I want to thrive in my relationship with God. I want to thrive in everything. But if I just go with what I know, it's going to be hit or miss. Sometimes I may apply some truth from the Bible, but a lot of times it'll be like, ah, what? and I'm a feeler, so what do I feel like doing today? And that's not good. We want to thrive, and if we want to thrive, we got to follow God and what He says and the wisdom that He gives to us. What does God say about wisdom? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you guys know this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you on the right paths. Right? His wisdom, His guidance right there. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I think a lot of times we think of God as hoarding. He's hoarding, he's hoarding, he's, you know, he's, okay, you want a little bit? Okay, I'll give you a little bit, I'll give you a little bit, you know. Just, he just gives us little, little bit of whatever we ask. But he's not like that. He's waiting. He's waiting for us to come to him. He's waiting, he's looking for opportunities to reward us. He's looking, he's waiting, and then he's like, okay, what can he handle? What can that person handle? What can my child handle? That's what I'm going to give to them. That's what he wants to do for us. So it's important for us to humble ourselves, to humble ourselves and say, God, I need from you right now. I need something from you. I need some wisdom. I need guidance right now. Because if not, it's just going to be me going off of what I know, and that's not good. God has a big picture in mind. He sees everybody, everything, and he knows what effects each person will have and how it will affect other people. And so he gives us according to that big picture. You know, right now I'm experimenting a little bit with the Bible as I read through um, the Gospels. And um, there are times I'm reading and then sometimes it's like, okay, what, what is Jesus talking about here? Yeah, kind of like that face, Ruth, like, huh? <laughs> I hope you're not doing that with this message. I'm like, what is he talking about? 
there are times when you're reading and it's like, wow, Jesus did that or he said that or wow. And usually I just go, okay, well, I know God. He loves people. He's gracious. He's merciful. So I don't know what this is about, so I'll just move on. But I trust that he's good. What I've been trying is going, okay, a lot of times I'm looking at it from my point of view. Let's look at it from heaven's point of view. Let's look at it from the Father's point of view. So then I try to start thinking about who God is, his character, his nature, his promises, just all these different things of what I know about God, and then look at the situation of what Jesus said through those lens. And it's not like, hey, I have all the answers now, so you come to me, I can tell you all the answers. But it's this different perspective that has been changing the way I view what God says and what the Bible says. And I tell you, it's been really amazing as I go through that where I think about how God sees the people or how God is interacting with the people and what he wants to do and his heart and just all these other things start coming through that makes the picture that I'm picturing in my head more colorful. Instead of Jesus just going up to a person, kind of robotic, okay, here you go, heal, okay, go to the next person, heal, heal. I'm starting to see his heart come out. And it's like, wow, I can imagine Jesus, what he's doing and his, just his love and his smile and his willingness to take people in. I just, oh, man. And that's what makes, makes the Bible reading so much richer because I'm now seeing it from a different point of view, having God's wisdom and his guidance as I go through it. You know, I w- went to Mammoth uh, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, and um, the last few trips that I've gone to Mammoth, it's been, I don't know what your experience has been going to Mammoth, but we go fishing, nothing. I would say the last four or five times, maybe one fish, and it's always been this, ah, yeah, this is kind of mammoth fishing, especially with the pandemic and all that stuff. This is fishing at Mammoth now. This is the new reality. I remember talking to Eric Ka'ai, and he was like, hey, you're going to take your kids fishing? I'm like, ah, I don't want them to grow up hating fishing where they go and they don't catch anything, and they go, what, what are we doing here? Throwing this, this line into the water, which, the, I mean, what? <laughs> so I'm like, no, I want them to have a good experience. So I'm going to take them out someplace else other than Mammoth. But my sister said, let's go. So okay, okay, let's go. So we went the first day and a half, mammoth, just living up to his reputation, one fish, one bite, one fish, and that was it. And I'm going, I knew it. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I knew it. That's the way mammoth fishing is nowadays. So we went early one day. We went early, and we fished and caught one fish. And I was like, yeah, okay. So around lunchtime, we say, okay, let's go back. Let's meet up with Ida and, and the kids and stuff. So we went to Gull Lake, and the kids were playing in, you know, there's ponds there, and they have fish in there. They were feeding the fish and doing stuff. And um, so there's this couple that were there. And uh, so Ida was talking to them. So I go, oh, I'm going to go talk to them too. So I went up there. I don't know why I did this, but I just said, oh, we're going to go to June Lake next. And they said, oh, okay, okay. Well, I heard that there's a lot of people are catching fish at Little Virginia Lake. And that... It, it, it was almost like, you know that Taco Bell commercial where it goes, dung, and then the person goes, it was kind of like that where it was like, dung, and I was like, oh, Little Virginia, because that was the third time on that trip 
I had heard about that lake. And I had been there a couple times, but I didn't know that lake very well. So I was like, okay, that was the third time. And I was like, okay, I think I need to pay attention to this. So then I went to my sister. I said, hey, you guys want to go to Lake Little Virginia? And she's like, let me ask the kids. So they said, okay. So, okay, let's go. So I'm just going purely in faith because I don't know anything about this lake. Or So we get up there, and we fish, and we catch. And we caught a few. And it was an amazing time up there. In fact... That was Eliana's first fish. And that was the biggest fish I'd ever been a part of catching. <laughs> biggest trout that I had ever been a part of catching. And um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, she was bringing it in. I was like, oh, you're bringing it, bring it in. I was like, oh, little, little fish, little fish. It started coming in about 10 feet. <laughs> it took off. And I was like, okay, give me the ball. <laughs> but yeah, that was her fish, uh, four, uh, 19 and a half inches, uh, four, at, four pounds, four, 14 ounces, and um, yeah, so she was like, I want to go fishing, we come home, I want to go fishing, I want to go fishing, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for doing that, because I, I underneath all that <laughs> mammoth wounding, I love to fish, and I was losing that. I was like, ah, to see this and to see the smile on the kid, because Jackson caught one too. He caught a pretty 17-inch one. The, the kids had fun. And, and as a father, that's the best, right? I didn't catch anything. I didn't care. They had a good time. And I felt like the father was saying to me, see, that's what I want to do for you. That's my favor and my blessing. And when you listen to my voice, this kind of stuff can happen. You weren't, I wasn't going to go to Little Virginia. No way. But just hearing and then in faith going, okay, God, I'm going to trust that you're going to be with us. You're going to show us. You're going to do stuff. It's important to hear God's voice. It's important to hear his voice to know his promises, to know, to ask for his wisdom, to be willing to follow him. It's important. It's important. So if he'll do this for a fish, he'll do this for other things in our lives as well. The second one I want to go over is God's promises to provide financially. God's promises to provide financially. So we sold that fish and made $1,000. <laughs> Oh, I should have checked his mouth to see if there's anything in there. Uh, but God promises to provide for us financially. And this has been a tough couple years for us, right? For the world, that there's so many things up and down in the stock market and jobs and businesses and livelihoods and inflation and so many crazy things going on. And it's so easy to say, okay, let me just focus on my finances and getting that straight and making sure I have enough. Do I have enough of this? What's going to happen to my retirement? What's going to happen with this? You know, coming up with different strategies and stuff. And I think those things are good. But I also feel like God is saying to us, I'm going to provide for you. Not only your material possessions, your food and your clothes, I'm going to provide for you financially. 
I was looking at some um, uh, websites, and I saw this one article that talked about four different avenues in which God produces financial prosperity through us. There's these how we can get these gains. And so, oh yeah, he has them up there. So the first one is gains made through giving. Another one is gains made through tribulations. Gains made through wisdom. And the last one, gains made through stewardship. Now, I don't have time to go over all four, but I do want to briefly touch on one, which is the first one. Gains made through giving. And when I was reading that article, it wasn't just about giving, but it's giving generously. Giving generously. I was reading this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It said, or actually, let's just do 6, where it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So what that verse is telling me is it's up to you. It's up to me. What you reap. If you want to reap generously, well, then you better sow generously. If you're willing to reap sparingly, then give sparingly or sow sparingly. But God is saying, hey, it's up to you what you want to reap for me, I'm going, God, I want to reap generously. I don't know anyone that says, well, no, I just, I just want minimum of what I can get. You know, uh, Evasia told this story about tomatoes, this tomato plant that she has. And she said she was looking at it, and she said, this thing looks pretty bad. I don't know. I don't know if, they just, if, they thought, if she and a friend had thought, maybe we should just pull it out and start all over. But she said the plant was looking really sickly. So she was concerned about that plant and what it was producing and the fruits that were coming out of it. And so she pruned it, and then boom, all this stuff happened. I feel like this is the same for us. How we give, how we invest ourselves into other people, other organizations, other things, if we, if we sow generously, we're going to reap generously. We're going to be like that tomato plant where we see all this fruit coming up because of God's provision, because God sees our heart and he says, hey, you are generous. You're reflecting my heart. You're reflecting the Father's heart. So I'm going to bless you for that. That's what the Lord wants to do for us. He wants to do that. Now this, you know, we hardly ever talk about tithing, offerings, tithing, uh, yeah, tithing. Um, but I want to just spend like a couple minutes just talking about that because I also feel like this is an invitation that God gives to us to spend to, to wor in our worship and our adoration of Him and even in our faith. In Malachi 3.10, it says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storeroom that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room, there will not be room enough to store it. I remember I heard that verse. I heard a teaching on it when I was at Cerritos Baptist Church, and I was a college student, so it must have been in like the early 90s where I heard Pastor Gary talk about that. And he challenged the church and he said, God is inviting you to give a tithe, a 10%. God is inviting you because you, he, you, can, you can test him in this. And this is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. But he says, do this 
Test me, and I will show you, and I will pour onto you all these blessings that you cannot even count it. And so I remember sitting in that service that day going, I want to do that. I want to see God's hand work. I want to see him move in my life. I want to see this happen. And so since then, since, I don't know, 1992 or three, been tithing. Every, every time I get a paycheck, and, you know, back then, it was, I was in college, so the paychecks were a lot smaller, but I was like, it doesn't matter, 10%. Every time I get paid, I'm going to give God 10%, give him 10%. And the Lord, just over time, he has just blessed us with so much, so much so that Ida doesn't have to work, so much so that she can homeschool and be with the kids and bring them up and teach them about Jesus, about God. So much so that the only debt we have is just our mortgage, and God is bringing that down. So I, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you into this challenge, into this test, saying before the Lord, I'm going to give you 10%, and let's see what happens. I, I hope that you take that up, and I hope that you hold on to his promises. Okay, so just for the application, there's a few things. Um, First of all, I want you to, I encourage you to ask. Ask the Lord. Wherever you are and whatever you need, ask Him. Because His promises are there for us. And we can come to Him and ask Him for whatever we need. If we need wisdom, ask Him. If we need to share about our financial situation, share about your financial situation. He already knows, but He's wanting that relationship for you to share your heart with Him. Whatever you need, ask Him. Talk to Him. Let him know. Don't just assume, oh, he knows, he knows, he knows. Yeah, he does. But he wants that relationship with us. And then, wait. Be willing to wait. Be patient. Be patient. But it's not, okay, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to stick my head in the sand. You wake me up when the promise is fulfilled. Wait for him as an active wait, person waiting, right? Keep our eyes open. Keep your ears open. Oh, keep your heart open to him because he's going to speak and he's going to say and he's going to do things. Okay? Wait. And then there may be times when he wants you to act. There may be promptings that he gives to you and he says, step into that. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the promise. It doesn't matter. Step into that. Because in his view of things, from his eternal perspective, he's like, this does this, does this, does this, does this, which will open the door for you here. We can't see that. That's too many steps for us. That's too many things in our head. But he sees all that. He knows all that. And so trust him. Step in with faith, trusting that he's going to do something great and he's going to work it all out. Okay? So I, I hope that this series... Of, of understanding more and more about God's promises have been something that encourages you, that fills you up with hope, that you feel like, yeah, God, God, there's something I can try. There's something I want to do. There's something I can trust him for more because he wants to give you more. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being up here with me, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. 
Thank you that you are with each one of us now, that your love never fails, that you want to give us wisdom and guidance. You want to provide for us, for our families. So much you want to do for us and through us. So God, we just want to enter into a time of worship, a time of just being with you, God. Because I know that's what's dearest to your heart, is to be with us, to spend time with us. And so God, uh, yeah, let's just enter in. We just want to enter in with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It'll be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.